Here's an easy way for you to help us cast ChristNet on the internet. Subscribe, rate, and review the Issues Etc. podcast with your podcast provider. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit the subscription button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. Help us reach more listeners in 2024. Subscribe, rate, and review Issues Etc. today. Well, both pro-life and pro-abortion forces were busy in 2023, especially in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. What does the next year, 2024, hold for pro-life efforts? Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to talk about pro-life prospects in 2024, Dr. Michael New. He's visiting assistant professor of social research and political science at the Catholic University of America. He's senior associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute, Paige Comstock Cunningham fellow with Americans United for Life, and a columnist for National Review Online. Dr. New, welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. How would you summarize pro-life efforts in 2023? You know, I thought in 2023, the pro-life movement made some good incremental progress, that many states went ahead and started enforcing pro-life laws. South Carolina started enforcing a pro-life law that would protect pre-born children after a fetal heartbeat could be detected, which is around six weeks gestation. North Carolina and Nebraska started to enforce laws to protect the pre-born after 12 weeks gestation, and North Dakota enforced an effective ban on abortion. So while states did some good work, also because of good litigation followed by the good people at Alliance Defending Freedom, some additional protections and limits were put on the provision of chemical abortion pills. So there was some good incremental progress, I thought, in 2023. How significant will this year's presidential election be for the pro-life movement? Presidential elections are always important, and the 2024 presidential election will be no exception. First and foremost, the issue of judicial nominations. It was because of President Trump's judicial nominations that we did get uh, Roe v. Wade overturned. So the importance of putting constitutional conservatives on the Supreme Court and other lower federal courts can't be overstated. That's really important for other reasons as well. Executive branch appointments are very important. The Biden administration, FDA, has really uh, made policies regarding chemical abortion pills a lot more permissive. A more conservative, pro-life presidential administration could put some limits on the ability of abortion providers to issue and distribute these chemical abortion drugs. A pro-life president could also limit the ability of Planned Parenthood to receive government funding, President Trump and the Protect Life Act that prevent Planned Parenthood from getting millions of dollars in government grants. And also, a pro-life president could also sign some legislation that would protect pre-born children at the federal level. So, again, this election, like every other presidential election, will be very important for pro-lifers. Where will abortion likely be on state ballots? Right now, it could be on the ballot in as many as 12 states. It's hard to say in some states because there's still collecting signatures, but it looks like there will be a ballot proposition involving abortion in states including Florida, Missouri, Maryland, New York, Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Nebraska, New York, and South Dakota. So pro-life will certainly have our work cut out for us in 2024. What is the Hyde Amendment, and will it be reauthorized in 2024? How likely? Yeah, you know, the Hyde Amendment is a rider that's put on the 
federal appropriation bill that funds Medicaid. And what this does is it prevents taxpayer dollars from paying for elective abortions through Medicaid. So it stops taxpayer funding of abortion, or at least taxpayer funding of elective abortion through the federal Medicaid program. There's a very good chance it will be reauthorized in 2024. Sadly, Joe Biden opposes the Hyde Amendment. So President Biden not only thinks abortion should be legal, he wants your taxpayer dollars and my taxpayer dollars to pay for it. Sadly, nearly every House Democrat has come out against the Hyde Amendment. So our Republican friends in the House and Senate have had to work harder to protect it. They've protected it throughout the Biden administration. I think they will succeed in reauthorizing it again in 2024, but they certainly have their, their work cut out for them. What are abortion proponents attempting to do in Florida? Abortion proponents in Florida are trying to put a proposition on the ballot that would put legal abortion in the state constitution. And if the media reports that came out today are to be believed, it looks like they have enough signatures. So it looks like voters in Florida will be voting on a ballot proposition that would put legal abortion in the state constitution, would kind of guarantee legal abortion throughout 24 weeks of pregnancy. That said, pro-lifers, I think, have a unique chance to win in Florida. Unlike other states, in Florida, to amend the state constitution through direct democracy, you need 60% of the vote. 6-0. Not a majority. 60%. And in states where we've raised money and run aggressive campaigns, we've kept our opponents under 60%. Our opponents didn't reach 60% in Ohio. They didn't reach 60% in Michigan. So the fact they need to reach this higher threshold, I think, does create an opportunity for pro-lifers to win. Tell us about the internal infighting among supporters of legal abortion in two states in particular, Missouri and Arkansas. Sure, that people who support legal abortion are trying to put you know, abortion on the ballot in some different states, and they're even trying to run these direct democracy campaigns in some conservative states like Missouri and Arkansas. And they realize the political terrain is not necessarily favorable to them. Places like Missouri, Arkansas tend to elect pro-life people statewide and tend to be stronger pro-life sentiment than other states. So there's infighting. There's some people support legal abortion that just say, you know, in Missouri, that there's one school of thought that says, well, it's only passing that will legalize abortion throughout only the first 12 weeks. And there's other pro-abortion groups who want to legalize later-term abortion through direct democracy. Same thing in Arkansas. One proposition would legalize abortion throughout 18 weeks. Others would legalize abortion through later in pregnancy. So they realize that the terrain is not favorable to them. They realize that pro-life sentiment in these states is greater than other states like Ohio and Michigan. So there's a lot of infighting right now, and that could work to the benefit of pro-lifers. Will we see strong post-Dobbs pro-life laws threatened in some states in the coming year? Yes, we will. That, you know, essentially, even though the other side has won uh, seven straight statewide direct democracy campaigns, they've not succeeded in striking down any kind of strong post-Dobbs pro-life law. But that may change, unfortunately, in 2024, that they are running direct democracy campaigns in some states which do have strong kind of pro-life laws in place that include Missouri, that include Arkansas, that include South Dakota, that include Nebraska. So again, winning these campaigns is important. We have research and data showing the strong pro-life laws in place in these four states are saving lots of lives. So again, really support for pro-lifers in these states to run strong campaigns and defeat these proposals. The Democratic Party seems to be planning to run on the issue of abortion in 2024. What are the pros and the cons of that approach? 
Well, I'm not sure that their success in direct democracy campaigns is going to carry over to the general election. Keep in mind that in 2022, there were a number of pro-life governors who signed strong pro-life bills who won re-election by very large margins. That would include Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. That would include Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia. That would include Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio. And that would include Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. So pro-life candidates continue to do well in many swing states. Keep in mind, the one advantage our opponents often have with these direct democracy campaigns is that they can often outraise and outspend pro-lifers. But that's not an advantage they're going to have in the 2024 election cycle. A pro-life governor typically can raise enough money to run an effective campaign. People and candidates support legal abortion don't have the fundraising advantage in a general election campaign for a statewide office that they do in a direct democracy single-issue campaign. I think that they are not going to enjoy the success they think they might have. Also, the 2024 election, they're going to have to support some things that are unpopular. Polls clearly show that most Americans reject abortion kind of after the first trimester. That's an issue a pro-life candidate can run on. Most Americans reject tax-free funding of abortion. That's a good issue for a pro-life candidate to run on. So I don't think that abortion is going to be a winning issue for the Democrats in 2024. What do you make of candidate Trump's approach to abortion going into the primary season? He's been, to be honest, I personally found him a bit disappointing. Back, uh, I guess, earlier in this campaign, uh, he was commenting on the heartbeat bill uh, that Governor DeSantis signed in Florida and called it a terrible thing. Again, this is a bill that protects preborn children after six weeks gestation, a strong, solid piece of pro-life legislation, and President Trump criticized it, which I thought was, was very disappointing. That said, you know, he was certainly a pro-life president. He had very strong judicial nominations. I think he has built up a lot of goodwill among pro-life people, but I wish he was showing more leadership on this issue in the 2024 primaries. How is Trump's approach different from the two, albeit distant, uh, opponents that he's facing, in particular in Iowa and New Hampshire, Governor Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley? Well, I think of the other major candidates, I mean, Governor DeSantis, I think, is the best on this issue, personally, giving my personal opinion, not that of any group that I'm affiliated with. He did, as governor, sign a heartbeat act that would protect preborn children after six weeks gestation. You know, I think he has a very solid pro-life record as a governor, and I think, you know, would be very solid on this issue should he be the Republican nominee and should he be elected president. Nikki Haley uh, has some positive qualities. She is articulate. She was a pro-life governor. She speaks well on the issue. But there's a couple things that concern me. First off, she you know, thinks abortion should be kind of a state issue. She really does not think the federal government really should be playing a role in protecting preborn children. That's disappointing. She's also you know, raised the issue of contraception several times. From a policy perspective, I think that's unwise. I don't think there's any kind of a contraception crisis in this country. I think women who want contraceptives can get them. I think that programs to promote or encourage contraceptive use do not have a good track record of success. I think they are ineffective at best and chiropractic at worst, so I kind of wish she would quit discussing contraception. So again, while she has some good qualities about her, and while she is articulate, she's really not showing the leadership on this issue that I wish she would. Dr. Michael New is visiting assistant professor of social research and political science at the Catholic University of America. He's senior associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute, Paige Constock Cunningham, fellow with Americans United for Life and a columnist for National Review Online. You can read his latest column, An Important Year for the Pro-Life Movement, 
at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Dr. New, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm Todd Wilkin. You're connected to Issues Etc. Defending life from beginning to end. You're listening to Issues Etc.